Hello, welcome to our podcast series. We are Penn State Extension, and this is the New and Beginning Farmer team. The season will cover four episodes, and we have our first episode, which is Introduction to Purchasing Land. This episode, which is an introduction to leasing land. Our third episode is an interview with a person that has land for sale uh, for two new and beginning farmers. And our fourth episode will be uh, hopefully a question and answer session. We want to try to make this podcast more interactive. And that being said, we want to have you email questions to an email address and we want to do the research to provide you the best information possible. So at the end of this session, I will give you an email address. Uh, You can email any questions to that email address and we will try to answer them on our fourth session. My name is Lynn Keim. I'm a senior extension associate based in main campus, housed in Adams County and I am the team leader for the New and Beginning Farmer team. Hello everyone, my name is Christy Powell. I'm an ag ag business growth and development educator based in the Lehigh Valley in Lehigh and Northampton counties. And my name is Annie Miller and I am a business educator in Cumberland County. So I'm gonna get started here just by asking why lease? Why not just purchase land? So why you might want to lease is you're a New and Beginning Farmer, Uh, You may not have the capital to go out and invest in uh, your own property. You may want to test out an operation or an an enterprise that you have an interest in, and you don't want to invest in the land before you start the business. So the leasing land may be an option for you. You may be an existing farmer. Your neighbors stop farming and wants to lease out their land. That may be a way for you to expand your existing farm into a larger operation. So what is a lease? What comprises a lease? A lease is basically an agreement that says, uh, I will do whatever with this land. I have the right to do this. You have the right to do that. Uh, It's for a specified period of time and a specified amount of dollars per acre. Most land is leased on a per acre basis. So it basically spells out the terms and agreements that you, a landlord, or you, the tenant, have made uh, with the landlord or the landlord has made with the tenant. Some items that might be covered in a good lease and that we'll discuss as we have more questions that Annie will ask us is, you know, identification of the parties entering into the lease. You want to have a good property description and right-of-ways and boundaries of the land that you could potentially be leasing. You want to have length of lease term, including termination and renewal provisions. Payment arrangement and rental rates, you want to have them clearly defined. You also want to spell out conservation provisions that you could potentially do with the land. Agreement on who is responsible for maintenance and improvements of the land. And also clearly defined landlord restrictions and or other special provisions are what are all entailed within a good lease agreement. Okay, so that's an awful lot of stuff to remember. Most leases are just handshakes though, right? That is true. Most leases are done on a yearly basis and a handshake or an oral lease. We recommend another lease type of lease is a written lease 
This is the type of lease that we tend to recommend because it removes any questions that may have come up during the discussion or if memories don't serve 100% correct within a year, what was actually agreed to. If it is in writing and signed by both parties, then that is a, a legal document and it, it will hold up in court. It just makes a lot of sense to have a written lease. Another type of lease is what's called a land lease. And this is usually done by a government agency or an institution or a business. And it may be for a long-term lease, uh, 99 years or somewhere around there or lesser time. But it you know, gives the, the tenant the right to build buildings on it, and it's for something that's, that's going to be there for quite a while, and that way it's, like I say, it provides more opportunities for the tenant. Okay, so I understand what a tenant is. That's me. I'm the one who would be leasing the land. What, what are the different types of landlords? So for landlords, there's a couple different types that might be out there or a combination of these couple, there could be operators. So they could be farmers and ranchers themselves that have land and they're often retired or retiring, or, you know, maybe they just don't want to do quite as much with their land anymore and want to pass on the workload to someone else, or they could be non-operator landlords, just an individual landowner, any average person that has some land, they could be a partnership or a trust or they could be an institution and organization, and that can include some land trust, or they could be part of, the landlord could be part of a public agency. So federal, tribal, or they could even be state and local governments that are comprised of different types of landowners. Another type of landlord may be, uh, for example, a fruit grower that has, that has removed a block of trees or an orchard of trees and wants to put a, a a row crop in that land on that land for a year or two uh, just to help the organic matter in the soil and build up the soil structure a little bit. And so they may not want to plant trees back in that same land right away. And leasing it out to somebody that grows row crops uh, may be a good option for them. All right, Lynn. So you got me thinking there. Is there an ideal term or length of a lease? Should I be looking at a one-year, a five, a 10, a 50-year lease? That depends on the crop that's being grown. Uh, most agronomic crops are on a yearly basis or hay maybe two years or three years. As I think we mentioned, any lease that's three years or over must be in writing in Pennsylvania. So if, if that lease is three years or more, it must be in writing. One-year lease is, is your typical lease within Pennsylvania. And it's usually for cash or some type of barter system. Another type of lease is a share lease where the tenant shares the expenses with the landlord and also shares the income with the landlord. Uh, that's really not used that much in Pennsylvania, but it is an option. I've tried to lease part of my land out that way. And the farmer thought there was too much record keeping and preferred just a straight cash rent, which I understand. Okay. So you said kind of the magical word, rent, cash. How do I know what to pay for these lease arrangements? One of the easiest ways to find out what, what land in your area is leasing for or renting for is to go to your state National Ag Statistics Service website 
And there is a, a document in there that you can look up. It will give you, at least in Pennsylvania, it will give you the going rate for leases in that county. Every county may not be listed, but maybe an adjoining county is listed. But a lot of it depends on the proximity of the tenant to the landlord. Uh, one thing that you need to keep in mind is, is that tenant, the farther away from his home farm is from your land, uh, the harder it is on their equipment. Running equipment up and down the road on a regular basis is, is a major safety hazard. It's also hard. It's also the wear and tear is also hard on the equipment and especially on the tires of a farm tractor. Farm tractor tires were designed to get a good grip in the ground. They weren't designed to run on blacktop or macadam or, or concrete roads, and it wears them out much quicker. So that's one of the other, some of the other aspects. The other part of it is, is that person taking good care of your land? Are they a good steward of that land? And that means an awful lot. Somebody that's not just, uh, you know, somebody that's keeping, puts lime on every couple of years, does soil tests, uses the minimum amount of, of fertilizers necessary to grow the crop each year. Uh, somebody that's not just throwing a lot of chemicals at the land, and especially if you want that land to, maybe down the road, somebody that may want to grow organically wants that land. So you want to know what's what's been done with it in the past. The important part to note with leasing and the rates that are out there. It could be all across the board. Many landowners have different motivations for wanting to lease their land. Sometimes certain landlords just want to see their land being maintained and, you know, staying in farming and not just become an overgrown meadow type of thing. So, you know, sometimes they maybe don't charge someone to lease their land, or sometimes land leasing can be pretty expensive depending on the area that you're in. Oftentimes the going rates for leasing land are very similar throughout whatever region that you're looking in. And if you're having questions with that, you can oftentimes uh, reach out to your local extension office to get the pulse on what is going on in the area for leasing rates or your local USDA service centers through the Farm Service Agency, things like that to give you an idea of what land lease is looking like in an area that you're looking for. All right, would you just kind of review what you think unultimate lease might have as far as terms and, and the ways that I can protect myself as a tenant? Yeah, it basically spells out who has the right to do what on the land. The tenant usually has the right to use that land as to grow the crops uh, that they traditionally grow. The landlord usually has a right to access that land. Sometimes it's written in that the landlord must give the tenant notice before coming onto the land. The landlord actually has the right to sell that land, but also the tenant usually reserves the right if there's a crop already planted, the tenant usually reserves the right to harvest that crop. So there's a lot of things that need to be spelled out within that lease. Any, any questions that may have arisen, any discussion that took place, uh, for example, the land may not have been used for, may not have grown any crops for a year or two, and the tenant may say to the, the landlord may say to the tenant, use this land for the first year for no rent uh, to build it back up again. And then we'll start uh, with the rent the next year. Uh, that way it gives the tenant a kind of an out for investing uh, considerable money to turn that land around. 
and it makes that, uh, that land much more appealing to the tenant. The whole thing with leasing is that it's all built on conversations and relationships. You want to make sure that you have a good standing between if you're a landowner or landlord, and also, you know, if you're looking to lease that land from a certain person. We mentioned earlier that leases can be by word of mouth orally, or they can be written. And we really recommend written because you know the saying, if you don't write it down, it never happened kind of thing. So, you know, it's about covering all your bases and and making sure that you are having a good standing open lines of communication with the people involved with the land. Um, And that includes having everyone's contact information and And just little things like knowing what type of equipment you have and vehicles that you have that may be entering property at different times, where the right-of-ways are, just making sure everybody's on the same page when it comes to land that's being leased. So it sounds like leasing could be a really great option for a new farmer because I won't have the, the sunk cost that I would if I was purchasing land. But it does sound like you still have to do some homework and due diligence and figure out what I want, what the landlord wants as well. Yes, that's true. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, One thing that I I want to point out is uh, this podcast is being done by the New and Beginning Farmer team. If you have any questions or run into uh, any, any issues that you may have and you're a New and Beginning Farmer, contact your local extension office and ask them to. Uh, give you the name of somebody on the New and Beginning Farmer team. Each individual person on the team may not have all the answers to your questions, but they probably know somebody that they can go to on the team to get those answers. We cover uh, all types of production from livestock to horticulture to uh, agronomy crops and also the business side. So like I say, reach out to your New and Beginning Farmer team. As I said before, this uh, session probably raised more questions than we provided answers for you. So if that is the case, I encourage you to write, uh, send your questions to LFK, all lowercase letters, the number four at psu.edu. Uh, again, that's LFK4 at psu.edu. In our fourth episode, we will try to answer the questions that you send in. Uh, We really want to provide the best information to you that we possibly can. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.